The following program is sponsored by Bell & Pollock PC. Welcome to Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. Attorneys Gary Bell and Brad Pollock are ready to work for you. Reach Gary, Brad, and their team at championsofthepeople.com or by calling 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. Good morning, Colorado. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? The Bell and Pollock Legal Show. We are injury attorneys. This is an injury show. We do it every week to bring you a different subject, a different injury subject to educate you and teach you about what's important when you have an injury claim or a death claim. What's important? What you need to know? Because uh, let's face it, the insurance company on the other side of the equation from you already knows all of this. They're well-educated. They're well-trained. They're highly trained. The adjusters who talk to you on the phone are highly trained. They know what to ask for. They know what documents to ask for. They know what questions to ask you. And the plain and simple fact is you don't do this. This is not an ordinary day or event for you. You don't do it for a living. They do. And you need to know what's important and critical. And for an example, when you call up and talk about you've been there in a crash, you talk about your property damage, you want to get your car fixed, you want to get your car appraised, you want to get your truck appraised, and they start asking about injuries and where are you wearing your seatbelt and did you injure your neck and what part of your body did you injure and have you seen a doctor? What do any of those have to do with your car or truck or repair or appraisal? Nothing. There's a great example for you right there. That's why you need to have this information. You go to our website anytime, championsofthepeople.com. We have a lot of information there. We have podcasts, all of our podcasts, the KOA podcasts are there, all of the other injury shows we do, and all of the other call-in shows we do, the podcasts are there. We also have special buttons you can hit and listen to the uh, instructions. We have one uh, button you can hit and figure out and find out what you need to know before the first phone call to the adjuster once you've been in a crash. So... Our typical example in these shows uh, is a car crash, motorcycle crash, bicycle car crash, pedestrian car crash. We cover those types of injuries, motorcycles as well. And uh, you know we've done cases all over the state of Colorado. But today, we're going to be talking about trucks. We're going to be talking about commercial trucks. Commercial trucks, it, it constitutes an entirely different ball game. It's, it's not a car crash. It is a car crash, and it is not a car crash. The rules of a car crash apply, but more applies. You need to know more. You need to have additional information. You know, usually they're very devastating injuries when you have a truck car crash, truck pedestrian crash, big risk crash, intermediate truck crash, commercial trucks. You know, Brad, the uh, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations, which we call the, you know, the Federal Motor Rules, uh, safety regulations, set the scene for an entirely different approach to this entire event. Well, they sure do. There's... there's uh an understanding that everybody knows, and that is when you're dealing with a commercial truck accident, you're dealing with um, quite a bit of a different size between a small, between a car and a truck. Uh, you're going to have the, just uh, by by the nature of the crash itself and by physics, the fact that you have more of an, a chance there's going to be serious injury as a result of the crash. Um, there's a different sets of rules that apply to uh, truck drivers and 18-wheelers and how the big rig has to go down the road and the commercial operation of the truck, uh, the qualifications of the drivers versus just a driver getting behind the wheel. Th- those rules are um, absolute and they should be followed. There's no reason that they aren't followed. Uh, and th- 
if you can imagine what happens when a car runs into or when a truck runs into a car uh, and all the different events and all the different reasons why that might have happened, uh, then you start realizing that it's it's a completely different set of facts, a completely different way that you need to approach a crash. You know, the uh, trucks, the average weight of trucks are 80,000 pounds. The average weight of a car, 3,000 pounds. It's a mismatch to begin with. Usually very, very devastating injuries. But what you need to know, when these trucks hit the road, these truck companies, they have a person called a safety director. And this is a very important position. Sometimes the safety directors in some trucking companies are very well-trained, highly educated, and get on it. Uh, sometimes we find these safety directors don't know the first thing about the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations, um, don't know about the drivers, don't do background checks, um, they don't do training, and all those sorts of things. So the safety director in the, in the company implements and makes sure there's compliance with the Federal Motor uh, Carrier Safety Rules. That's important. Like I said, like Brad said, you have a truck car crash, it's an entirely different ballgame. Why? Because there's the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules superimposed on top of the, the common law of negligence. So you have negligence and you have all of the, uh, all of the rules uh, of the uh, federal, federal statute and the regulations, and there's thousands of them. They must be in compliance. You know, a couple of examples, they have rules about logs, rules about loads, rules about uh, trips, GPS, uh, you know, hazard perceptions, night operation, driving time. On and on and on. Those rules don't apply to regular uh, car crashes, regular drivers, but in the trucking uh, industry, they do. Uh, you also have uh, insurance interpretation issues. There's a whole different uh, world of insurance. We're going to get into it later in the show, but let's just talk about it a second, Brad, because it's a whole different ballgame. You need to know the rules. Uh, you got the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules, but you also got um, insurance, and usually you have excess insurance or umbrella policies, and those are very tough to, to discover. Each insurance company may take the the approach that their policy creates a completely different uh, lawsuit, and therefore they're not going to join in together. They're going to make you go each, each step to try and prove when you're entitled to get the necessary the next layer of insurance. Um, by law, there's certain amounts of insurance that have to be carried. Um, it starts at 750, and then we go to a million dollars coverage. And most most carriers are going to have insurance well in excess of a million dollars. They're going to um, be, but that insurance is going to be an insurance amount that is going to be layered so that you may get to the first 750 or million. Then you may get to the next uh, one and a half or two million. Then you may next get, get to the next 10 million or 5 million. And each layer you go up, you meet with a new set of lawyers, you meet with a new set of adjusters, you meet with a new examination of the case. Uh, each time they're looking for ways to avoid responsibility. Um, and they are, first of all, trying to avoid responsibility entirely by saying it's not their driver's fault. If that has been uh, conclusively proved that it is the driver's fault, then the next pl layer you're going to be looking at is you're going to be looking at them saying that your damages and injuries that you sustain from the crash are much less than what their layer creates, and therefore there's no reason to be talking to them at all. You're going to meet that challenge every single time. You're not going to just get one time, or rarely are you going to necessarily get one lawyer that's going to represent all the different insurance companies. It just doesn't happen. You know, and, and what people don't realize is that each excess policy, most of the time in these type cases, have, they have their own, own attorneys. They don't rely on the attorneys for the underlying policy, and many times there's multiple excess policies, which is what we're going to get into later in the show a little bit. Uh, we are Bell and Pollock. You can call us anytime, 
795-5900. That's 795-5900. Or go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. We put all the information there for you. you can, it's easy to reach us. You get a free initial consultation, and you get a free legal game plan. And I'll tell you what, when you've been injured by a truck, it's usually devastating injuries, and you need a legal game plan tailored to the truck car crash. Some attorneys don't do truck crashes. It's a very complicated area. The drivers have to be trained. They have to be uh, have specialized knowledge. They have to be background screened. And and when there's a when there's a truck car crash, they have to be drug tested within uh, eight hours of the of the incident. And so you need to know these things. But more importantly, your attorney needs to know these things. All the regulations here, catastrophic injury law, damages, injuries, and losses. And, you know, some of the topics we've talked about before in previous shows, like mechanism of injury, obviously. But it goes much deeper than that. And you're going to learn today about GPS systems, black boxes in the trucks, logs, two sets of logs, drugs, pills, uh, how, the, how this uh, really, really works. Uh, so basically... For the first part of this, you got to know that this is a whole different ballgame. You have to know, and your attorney has to know the rules and regulations, and thousands of them. You have to have experience in this area because the injuries are usually so dev- devastating. So, uh, you know, Brad, we've, we study the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations all the time. We've done many trucking cases. Um, it does require specialized knowledge. It It does. Uh, your lawyer has to be willing to spend the time to learn about it and figure out what's going on and why why it's so important to know the the specialized rules uh but the bottom line is you can't you can't be involved in any kind of um case where you don't know the rules of the case and you've got to understand the rules of the case you have to understand how the operation of a truck could be completely different than the operation of a car Um, and you've got to understand what questions to ask you've got to understand what issues to bring up you've got to understand what foundation you need to um uh, establish with regard to the truck driver itself, with regard to the truck itself, um, how and why they were on the road, what they were doing, uh, what schedules they had. We're going to talk about that all later. It's it's a matter of understanding that there are different rules, different things you have to do. And when you start getting involved in the cases like this, you understand that there's a different degree of sophistication when it comes to responsibility. And you can try... Lawyers can try if they if they don't have any experience or if they don't understand the, that there's a background that has to be established. They can try and handle it just like a regular crash. But if they do, there's a strong possibility they're going to leave avenues of recovery and money on the table that um, would not otherwise um, be lost if you get somebody who knows what they're doing. Right, point one, you, you need to know. Point one, understand. That you know, lawyers are not taught, taught about the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules in, in law school. You're taught about regular neg- negligence law, which applies. That's the beginning step, not the only step. In in the truck crash uh, crashes that we handle, you must look for, further. You must look for an underlying cause. And that sounds kind of simplistic. That sounds kind of easy. Well, Gary, Brad, don't you always look for an underlying cause? Of course. But... Was the truck driver negligent? Yes. Then superimposed on that, did, did he or she violate any rules and regulations of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules? If so, what? Pertaining to logs? Pertaining to sleep? Pertaining to brakes? Pertaining to load distribution? You have to look for the underlying cause. Next up, we're going to be talking about we have these Federal Motor Rules. Who cares? What difference does it make to the injured victim? We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Gary Bellin of the law firm of Bellin Pollock. Our website is championsofthepeople.com. This is your legal minute. Today, we're talking about distracted driving. What difference does it make? There's a place on every accident injury form that the police fill out for distracted driving. They want to know. The insurance company for the outfault party who injured you wants to know. Why do they want to know? Because it's difficult for them to beat your legal claim. They're out there trying to beat your legal claim. If you don't believe so, listen to our shows. Call us up. They are your enemy, your adversary. And don't fall for one of these myths. Myth is, I've been injured in an accident. Surely some insurance company is going to pay me. Wrong. They're going to fight you. They're going to try to beat you and defeat you. But one thing that you can use is if the driver that hits you was distracted. The police officers should know this. Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com will help you. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Welcome back. Here we go. The Bell and Pollock Injury Show. Champions of the People, our website, championsofthepeople.com. It's all there for you. All of our podcasts, of all of our radio shows are there. The information is there. The practice area information is there. You have a motorcycle accident, a truck car crash, a pedestrian car crash, somebody on their bicycle hit by car, car insurance applies. And what a, people, a lot of people don't realize when you're on your bicycle and you're injured in a car crash, your own car insurance, your own car insurance of the bike rider applies to that as well. Uh, we're going to do a show on that coming up. Just know that that's very, very important. We're talk- Today we're talking about truck car crashes, 18-wheelers. They weigh 80,000 pounds. Your car average weight is 3,000 pounds, give or take. It's a mismatch. You have to know what you're doing. We were talking about we have all these Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules. Who cares? What difference does it make to the injured victim? It makes a huge difference as far as liability is concerned. It makes a huge difference as far as proving your case against the trucker, against the trucking company, And it makes a huge difference on the insurance coverages. And when the insurance company can see that you can prove that the truck driver violated one or more of these rules and regulations, which were gross violations, and it doesn't have to be a gross violation, but which were violations which led to and caused the accident. Maybe they've been driving 18 hours in a row. That's way over the allowed limit under the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules. This is how you approach it. You must look for the underlying cause. Is it a negligence case? Yes. But in truck cases, you must go steps further and analyze it um, under the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules. You must look for the underlying uh, cause. You know, Brad, sometimes when we have drivers that are speeding, uh, maybe their logs aren't in, in, in uh, tact with the Federal Motor Carrier Rules, you have to know the rules, you have to know what they breached, and did it cause and relate to the crash. Uh, that's very important. You, you want to know why the crash happened. Um, and... Uh, w- it's easy to look and say, well, mere negligence. It's just simple negligence. Somebody wasn't paying attention. But a lot of times the root of that negligence or the root of that wrongful act on the road is is the result of how the company was operating to begin with and what was going on with respect to the truck driver and what the truck driver was doing and how, why the truck driver had this uh, this act that that caused a crash and if it could have been avoided, not necessarily by more attentive truck driving, uh, that's always something you want to look at, but also could have been avoided by a different way to operate the company or operate the truck itself or a different schedule the truck should have had or knowledge by people 
uh, that were operating or in charge of how the truck was to be operated and where it was supposed to go, uh, supposed to go, whether or not they should have known that they were putting the public at risk and they were putting people at risk because of the way they were um, having the drug or, or the truck dr- driven. It's, it's very important to make sure you get into those areas and you address those avenues. You've got questions. You've got to know the driver qualification. Uh, should the, Would the driver, based on the schedule that the driver had, had been fatigued? Um, and, and a lot of times you look and say, well, maybe the schedule didn't put him fatigued, but maybe a change in the schedule or some kind of modification of the schedule or something that happened made it so they would have been fatigued, and maybe there should have been a modification in the schedule. So you, you've, got to work, you've got to look at those type of things. Are there time pressures that the driver was under? Um, and so uh, you've got to figure out the reason for the behavior that led to the crash. It's, it's important to know it. It's going to make a difference in how much you recover, or if you recover at all, it's going to make a difference in how you can deal with and approach the different levels of insurance companies that we've talked about. You know, if you're the injured victim or if one of your family members is the injured victim and you, you maybe you lost a loved one also, uh, th- these are very devastating, life-changing, altering events. You must have attorneys that know uh, what they're doing. You must have attorneys that aggressively go after the federal motor carrier safety rules. You know, if you've got a truck driver speeding, yes, that's negligence. But why? It, especially in truck accidents. Why? What was the underlying cause? What was the underlying reason? You know, Brad and I have done many, many of these cases, and we've helped people put their lives back together again. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. Or our website, championsofthepeople.com. One of, one of the things that sticks out in my mind the most is Brad and I have done a case years ago where we're looking at the driver's logs, right? Logs. You're going to love this one. The logs and the GPS system and comparing the logs to the GPS system. And so the logs say the truck driver went from Lexington, Kentucky to Georgia with the stops. But the GPS doesn't even have him in the state of Kentucky or the state of Georgia. The logs say he was in Kentucky. The logs say he went to Atlanta. But the GPS system says no. You've got to get this information. I don't think a lot of people realize, bad when these crashes happen, and we've seen this time after time, the truck drivers, not all of them, but a lot of them, the truck drivers, they don't even get out of their truck. They don't get, see how you're doing in the car. They don't ask you how you're doing. The first thing they do is they get on their phone and they call headquarters and they say, I was just in a crash. What do I do? Right. The, the, the truck drivers are obviously employees or they're, they might be independent contractors of the company for whom they're hauling. Uh, they've got responsibilities to those people. Uh, they The immediate result of a crash is in the truck drivers or in the truck driving industry and in the insurance industry is to minimize the amount that has to be paid and minimize what's going to be the uh, the, the the result from the crash. Uh, therefore, they're not really concerned that much about how you are. They're more concerned about what do we do to make sure we start lining up our case. And believe me, they start lining up the case immediately to minimize how much is going to have to be paid for the injuries we've just inflicted. Uh, therefore, they're going to get on the phone. They're going to call up their their home office. They're going to start talking about what happened. There's going to be um, uh, messages sent all around. It's going to be important if you're the attorney to try and get those initial communications. It's great to get those communications. If you get if you have a communication where the truck driver calls up and says, hey, I just ran into somebody, 
and what do I do next? Uh, that's going to be important versus the truck driver who says, hey, um, or versus later on when they're telling you, no, no, I didn't run into him. I, we just had a crash. They actually darted in front of me or they actually um, were the cause of the crash instead of them saying, hey, I just ran into somebody. You you want to get those initial comments. You want to get those that initial information that's being spread out be, among the company on how to handle it. You know, more than any other type of crash or accident, the truck, truck crashes, uh, they almost always fight liability, meaning who's at fault, meaning you did something wrong as the driver of the car, meaning they did nothing wrong, or you contributed in large part to the entire situation because you did this, you did that, you did this, or you didn't do this or that. That's how they approach it. It's almost always a hotly contested area of liability because if, they don't have, if they're not responsible or liable, they don't have to pay any money, period. Know this. At the scene of a crash, in a truck crash, when they make the call, the trucker makes the call back to headquarters, they are already preparing their defense well, right it, then. It, it's not that rare. It's not that rare that you will find that a team from the company, uh, an accident reconstruction or an accident team from the company there as fast as, if not faster than, the police. They have them on call. They have them on call. They're ready to go. And this, these are companies that go throughout the states, the United States. So you're talking about teams strategically placed throughout the United States that, boom, that's their job. They get on call. We've had a crash. We need people out there. And that can, that can include a team of lawyers. Uh, or the the team can include lawyers. It can include accident reconstructionists and engineers and other truck drivers and mechanics. It can include all sorts of people, uh, ex investigators or ex ex uh, police officers who are now working for the trucking companies that come out immediately and they're looking at this stuff while the ambulance is loading the people that they've hurt into the ambulance and taking them to to the hospital. They've already got their team out there before the tow truck drivers are out there, before anybody's out there, or at the same time, they're just part of the group that's out there investigating the crash. And you, the injured person, have nobody. There's that's nobody a, out there. That's the way it works. And, and believe me, that's the way it works. They get their teams out there right away. They can have a human factors team, an expert on standard of care in the trucking industry, uh, uh, standard of care in driving trucks, standard of care in logs, uh, accident reconstructionists, attorneys on the scene. Because you need to understand what happened. And, and basically, what happens to all that evidence? What happens to the driver's logs? Where do they go? What happens to the uh, GPS and the onboard computer systems? Where do they go? The black boxes to prove the speed, to prove the downshifting, to prove the, the mileage compared to the logs. Where do they all go? What do you think? Many times we file motions for spoilation of evidence. Many times they're not there anymore. Part of them are there. Part of them aren't. And so that's a big factor as well. Right. You want that black box. You want to know what happened. You want to be make sure it's being properly interpreted as far as what happened. And you want you want the logs. You want the trip tickets. You want the bills relating. You want the company policies. You want onboard records and information. It, it, the, the stories will change among the people as far as what they did or didn't do and what they said or said and didn't say. So you need to try to get from every source what everything what every person has put down. Uh, a lot of times you can be in, in good shape with that, but one of the things you really want to do is when you start exploring the crash and if you're getting to the point where you're just not going to get a resolution, you're going to have to go to bat and you're going to have to be in trial, that you, you want to find out what each person reported because you're going to find that at times people are reporting different things uh, about what happened, uh, all of them working for the same response team. 
you'll be amazed at what you find on the scene. You'll be amazed once you get a discovery in a case uh, and you're representing the injured victim and or somebody that, that was killed in this crash, sadly. Uh, you'll be amazed at the people there, lawyers on the scene, accident reconstructionists, engineers, human factor experts, standard of care experts. You know, and we look for all these documents we look for and you engage in discovery. And that's why you need to know the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations, period, paragraph. You have to know them. You have to look for the underlying cause. Sure, there was an accident. What specifically caused, caused the accident? Was there a breach of the rules and regulations? The underlying cause, like two sets of logs. Well, that doesn't really happen, Gary. Two sets of logs. We've seen it. And we're going to tell you how important it is. Bell and Pollock, Champions of the People. We'll be right back. Honey, the kids are going nuts. Everybody's stir-crazy. And my patience is running thin. It's almost lunchtime. Why don't we go to Caitlin's? Their food is amazing. And they have those awesome baskets filled with fun to keep the kids pacified and entertained. Oh, that sounds perfect. What is it you like to get there again? Ooh, for starters, I love their green chili and chicken nachos. Then, I usually get most queso with the ground chuck patty, cheddar, and jack cheese. Diced onions, tomatoes, and green chilies between two warm flour tortillas. Served at the side of green or red chili. Yum! What about you? Well, I'm famished, so I think I'll get one of their 13 sandwiches. Hmm, maybe I'll get one of each. And I I love the way you can get their sandwiches made into wraps instead. Maybe one of their bacon green chili cheeseburgers or their salads or honey rain it in kids we're going to caitlin's caitlin's restaurant at the corner of mississippi and south birch street just east of colorado boulevard in glendale open monday through friday 6 a.m to 2 p.m and saturday and sunday 6 a.m to 3 p.m caitlin's restaurant you'll love it every bite of the way we're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. We're talking about truck car crashes, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations, How do they apply? Why do they apply? And who cares and why do we care? These insurance companies have large policies on these truck companies. There are excess policies which you have to go find and discover and fight to get them. And each excess policy usually have their own set of attorneys. Why? Because once you violate these motor carrier safety rules and regulations, it usually leads to a complete, absolute, devastating tragedy. That's why. And, and everybody knows these rules and regulations are critical and important. You know, Brad covers some very important ones. I mean, you go to, you, you, got, you got to get their log books. Usually they have two sets of logs. We're going to touch on that. Trip tickets, bill, bill of lading. Sometimes they have fuel receipts. Where'd you buy your fuel? Have that, sometimes they have motel receipts. Where'd you stay? Your GPS doesn't match where you stayed. Your GPS doesn't match your logs. The black box says you were speeding. The black box said you didn't even down, downshift. You're on a, on, on a hill. The black box is revealing. And it's very, very important that you get your hands on this inf- information. You know, Brad, so, many times we discover that the evidence is spoiled, uh, meaning destroyed, and we send out letters of spoilation. Let's explain what that is. Right. A letter of spoilation is a letter you, you get out as soon as possible to all necessary entities, um, in, which obviously includes not only the truck company but the truck driver and includes everyone involved in the the 
in the the say as far as how the truck's going to be dealt with or, or handled after the crash. And you you get a letter out saying that all evidence must be preserved for an adequate opportunity to conduct your own investigation, your own inspection, and to be able to look at and see what's going on with the with the truck. Uh, and with the the evidence that is produced by the truck as a result of all the different um, operations that the uh, and all the different uh, instruments that are on the truck, it also is a spoliation letter within the company itself that you want to direct it, so that they're going to keep those very things that Gary was talking about the the hotel receipts, the 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 places where. Um, fuel was purchased so you know where the truck was from one moment to the next when did they get from one place to the next to buy the fuel uh, you want any kind of record that is out there that will tell you where the truck driver has been uh, and when the truck driver made stops and what the truck driver did during those stops so you want those records you want the records showing when the truck driver uh, started his load what and and some of the things you really want also is when the truck driver started his loads, because a lot of times the truck drivers are responsible for getting the load into the truck and making sure they're hooked up to the truck and making sure the load is properly distributed and is in, in and is going to be safely transported. But that truck driver might have started at four in the morning, but didn't start driving until seven. So if all you get is the fact the truck driver started at 7, you don't realize that he was up since 3 in the morning because he had to get up somewhere at home. He had to drive into the lot. He had to get himself checked in. He had to get ready, and then he had to start working with the road load. Well, that's nice, but what was the truck driver doing the day before? What was the truck driver doing two days before? Because we all understand that when you're dealing with truck drivers or when you're dealing with people who are operating these motor vehicles, we all understand from our own personal experiences that a lot of times you can have severe uh, fatigue resulting from events you did two days before you started your job for a particular process or for a particular project. Uh, you need to get, make sure that evidence doesn't get spoiled. And if the company has been using this truck driver with very minimal time between drives, you've got to know that. Right. You know, uh, these company, companies, uh, a lot of times, are under a lot of pressure to get product to market. And therefore, the drivers are under a lot of pressure to get product to market. Period. Done. Paragraph. That's the way it works. And they have to do it or somebody else is going to get the job. It has to be an X location by Y time. Period. And so you need to know those things. But Brad just covered a very important point because usually the scenario goes like uh, something, well, w w what were the hours of the driver? They start with 7 o'clock. No, no, no. What, what did he do before 7 o'clock? Well, they, they say that's not relevant. Yes, it's relevant. Yes, it's discoverable. Yes, we want the information. If he was loading the, the load for three hours, many times the, where he picks up the load, those people are responsible for loading the load. You'd like to know that. Many times the truck driver is responsible for loading the load. That goes to load distribution. That goes to the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations. That goes to a violation. That may be the underlying cause why this truck crash happened. That combined with fatigue, sleep, pills. So these, these drivers have to be investigated. But back to the spoliation of evidence. So we always write a, a letter, a very detailed letter, to all trucking companies and drivers indicating that we want this evidence preserved. We don't want anything spoiled. We don't want anything destroyed. And if they destroy it, then you get to file motions in court, uh, which give you the inferences in your favor, the injured victim's favor, and against the driver, against the trucking company. And that's very, very important when the evidence is gone. Uh, the trucking companies are very blatant about it. 
I mean, they're, they're very open and blatant about the fact of if their truck has been involved in a crash and it's caught and it's been damaged, they want that truck back on the road. That's it. They will tell you. While you're while you, the individual who's been hurt and or family members of the person who's been hurt are still grieving over the fact they're in the hospital or they're trying to recover from injuries or they've got terrible head injuries or they're in a coma, they're sitting they're laying in the hospital and they've been there for eight, ten, twelve days uh, of of being unconscious in a coma, waiting to see how they're gonna come out with brain bleeds and, and, and severe injuries to the rest of their body. The trucking company is looking and saying, How fast can we get this truck back on the road? start making money with it they're they're not waiting so you need to get somebody down there to see what's going on with that truck because believe me they're not going to wait if they don't have to wait once they get their side in their slant on the evidence and once they get their clear from the from the lawyers and from the investigators and from the team that they've had working on this and they are ready to go they're going to go get that truck fixed if you're not stopping them they're going to get whatever dents and bangs fixed and they're going to have that truck back on the road period right uh you need attorneys with with experience. We've had over 30 years of experience, each one of us. Uh, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. You need experienced attorneys on your side. And I tell you what, we wrote a book called Legal Game Plan. You can get any of our books free on our website, championsofthepeople.com. Just download them free. If you want a hard copy, just call us. We'll send you a hard copy. But one book, one book talks about legal game plan. And when you have a truck, you need a legal game plan in every crash, every incident, every trauma. But you especially need it when you're talking about truck crashes. You need to go after aggressively the evidence, not let them spoil the evidence, not let them change it, not let them destroy it. Where's the black box, where the GPS systems are? What what was the driver qualification file? And what does it look like? Where, Where did he or she get hired? And where did they come from? Did they have previous violations? What was their driving record like? Or were they trained in shifting? Were they trained in air brakes, jake brakes, proper adjustment of the brake systems, coupling and uncoupling procedures? Did they make an inspection of the truck when they took a break and then they got back in their truck? Did they check their tires? Did they check their brakes when they took a break? Well, you took a break today at 10 o'clock in the morning. Did you check the truck? You're about to go over mountains. And one of my unbelievable, uh, that I, I just, it sticks in my mind, ice and snow, trucking case, devastating crash devastating injuries chain law was in effect and the and the driver said i didn't i didn't put any chains on and the the quote was i ain't going to wear no jewelry and end quote and the jewelry was the chains and i ain't going to wear no jewelry when i drive that truck and the jewelry is the chain so you must have attorneys that go after this aggressively you know do they have speed and space management emergency maneuvers issues we could talk all day about this. Brad, let's talk about two sets of logs. There's always, not always, most of the time there's two sets of logs. Um, everybody knows it. Truck drivers know it. The companies know it. Uh, but ever since the advent of the GPS system, it kind of throws a monkey wrench into the two logs. Well, the advent of the GPS system has helped everybody be able to more um, closely monitor what's going on with the truck drivers and what's happening with them. Uh, normally, if you find a truck driver who's violating the rules and regulations concerning the hours they can be on the road, concerning the hours they can actually be driving, concerning the hours between driving and the downtime they're supposed to have, normally, if you find a driver that's doing that, you can bet that the dispatcher, the people back at the at the trucking company, are aware of it. 
And and what they're doing is they keep two, keep two sets of logs. You keep an accurate set of logs as far as what you're really doing. And those logs help also to identify whether, how much the truck driver is going to get paid and what the truck driver is doing. And you do another set of logs that they're going to give to the regulators as they're driving through different checkpoints. And so when they're going through different checkpoints or when they're being monitored by anybody from the federal government or from any other uh, entity that is responsible for making sure uh, the trucking is appropriate in their particular jurisdiction or state and that the drivers are following the rules of how much downtime they should have. And when I mean downtime, you're talking about downtime in the truck of a sleeper cab or downtime outside of the truck, or you're talking about downtime off the job. There's different kinds of downtime you're going to be talking about. So you've got to understand that these logs are very sophisticated. And they're going to be identifying what the driver did, when the driver did it. But you're going to have a, a set of logs just being used to allow the truck driver to fudge what they're doing. And when the truck driver's doing that, you got to remember probably the company knows about it. Sometimes they have to fudge it because they're in violation. Sometimes they have to. Sometimes they look at it and we told you they get on these truck accidents right away. Many times the truck driver, when he has a crash, uh, the injured people are in the other car. He or she doesn't even get out of the truck to go ask how they are. They call the home office and say, I was just in a crash. What am I supposed to do? Tell me what I'm supposed to do. And all kinds of questions and answers go. What about this? What about your logs? What about this? And, and where did you take the brakes? And many times these trucking companies now know right where their, truck, their truckers are because they have GPS systems. But they seem to not be able to produce them when you want them in many instances, not every instance. Now you have a devastating injury. Next up, what about the insurance? Where does the insurance come from? How do you discover the insurance? What do you need to know? Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Gary Bell with the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is your legal minute, and we're here to help you and teach you. You're injured in a car crash or a truck crash. You're off in an ambulance, off to the emergency room. You tell the doctor everything you know, everywhere you're hurting. But the doctor is more concerned about your neck than your ankle, more concerned about your neck and your spinal cord at the moment than your low back or maybe your hip pain. And sometimes those entries don't make it into the emergency room records. Sometimes those entries don't make it into the EMT rides and their records. And the insurance company then later says to you, well, you didn't report it. You didn't say it. You didn't tell them about your left hip. They only treated your neck. You didn't tell them about your left ankle. They only treated your neck. Is there anything that you can do? Yes. Get a free legal game plan from Bell and Pollock. Championsofthepeople.com will help you. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. It's Mandy Connell, and it's time for your Legal Minute. Brought to you by my friends at Bell and Pollock. Listen to their show right here on KOA every Saturday at 10 a.m. Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell and Pollock. This is your Legal Minute. We're talking about drunk drivers. They hit you. They injure you. They want to leave the scene. You're not going to let them leave the scene. Don't get into a physical fight or altercation. Do everything you can to keep them at the scene. The fact that they're drunk, they're going to be arrested. They're going to be tested. They're probably going to lose their license. But this is information that subjects them to punitive damages. The insurance company who insures this drunk driver does not want to hear about them being drunk. This enhances your injury claim legitimately, truthfully. Use it to your advantage. But you have to know how to do it. You need a game plan to do it. Bell and Pollock, we have a legal game plan for you with regard to drunk drivers. Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com will help you. Bell and Pollock, find them online at championsofthepeople.com. 
We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Welcome back. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We have offices in Greenwood Village, Denver, Steamboat Springs. We do cases, injury cases all over the state of Colorado, and we have for over 30 years. We've done them everywhere. We've done them in Sterling, Colorado, Durango, Steamboat Springs, Grand Junction, Fort Collins, Denver, all the surrounding communities in Denver. We have experience. We've done these cases. Put our experience to work for you. You can give us a call anytime at 303-795-5900-795-5900. We're talking about truck crashes today. They're very devastating. Sometimes they kill people, injure people, maim people. And the trucking company is trying to uh, prove or disprove liability or get out of liability. If they prove they're not responsible, they're not liable. They had a mechanical defect. They, they couldn't have predicted it. You, knew, you want to see the maintenance records. We, weren't, we the company, weren't, weren't responsible. We trained the drivers. The driver was highly trained. What about the prescription drugs? What about the um, pills to stay awake? What about the hours of service, in service, out of service? How about the rest time? All those go into the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regulations. And we, covered, we just touched on a little bit. Sometimes these companies try to fight you by saying that we're not even a commercial truck. What about a van delivering products uh, in Denver today? What about a van delivering Amazon products? What about UPS? What about Federal Express? What about a pickup truck that's got a trailer on the back that's got all these lawnmower equipment? And are they over 10,000 pounds, 10,001 pounds? That's the criteria. Are they commercial trucks? What you hear a lot about from, let's just take a soft, soft drink um, distributor. They have trucks. They're not 18-wheelers, but they're in between. They're 10-wheelers, 12-wheelers, okay? And so they usually say we're, we, we are only intrastate inside the state of Colorado. We don't have to comply with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules. Therefore, we didn't violate one since we don't have to comply with them, and that's, that's one of the fights. But let's talk about insurance because for years, years, you got to go after and find the insurance, but for years until the MCS 90 endorsement came out, years, they would say, here's what you would be faced with. Well, we're not responsible. We don't own the tractor. We don't own the trailer. The tractor was manufactured or is owned by somebody in Grand Cayman. The trailer is owned by somebody in Mexico. So have a nice day, Brad and Gary. You go try to figure it out. Right. And uh, they, they, that was considered to be a, a heck of a defense because you had the lawyer chasing down all these different avenues. And what the lawyer usually ran into as they were chasing down all those avenues was dead ends. There was nothing there. There was no money there. There was nobody to to hold responsible for the injuries that had been inflicted by these operations. And it was no doubt when you really rubbed the surface, it was no doubt that a lot of it was intentional. It was meant to put you in a position where you were not going to be able to um, recover. And, you know, the, you would give up. Uh, because you knew that when you got to the end of the line, there was going to be nothing there. Uh, so enters the federal government, so enters the Motor Carrier Act, and so enters the MCS 90 endorsement that has to be there with regard and surety ship that has to be there to make sure that pub- members of the public who have been injured do have a place where they can find the money and they can find adequate funds that are going to be able to, to um, reimburse them for the losses they experience. You have to find the insurance. It's not easy. 
you read headlines, you know, the, this uh, judgment was entered against trucking company, but the work that goes behind this is, is phenomenal. The work to find the insurance coverage is phenomenal. Yet maybe you have a basic policy of $1 million, $2 million. These trucking companies usually have larger insurance policies. But you're, maybe you got somebody in a coma for 10 days and they're not going to be able to work the rest of their life. Maybe they were, they were killed. You have to find the insurance policies. So they're usually excess insurance policies, umbrella policies. Do they volunteer them to you? No. Do they tell you about them? No. Do they try to keep them hidden and secret? Yes. We're working on cases right now where this happening. And so we're going to have to go out and find the, find the insurance. But the MCS-90 endorsement was a good uh, federal uh, statute and federal rule and regulation that applies. And, and the MCS-90 endorsement says this. They used to defend these uh, accidents, Brad, by saying, we, the company, are not responsible for our driver because they're all independent contractors. They're it's not a, really our employee. They're just independent contractors. Sure, it's a leased vehicle. Somebody else owns it. So they own their own vehicle. They're driving it. Or it's a leased vehicle, and we have a lease with them, and they're responsible for any injuries they cause. And we're so we're, we're 100% immune from any, any um, injuries they cause. Well, that got changed, Gary. The MCS-90 endorsement changes. So so it's not like the old days, but it's still very difficult, and you have to have experienced attorneys. You can call us anytime, 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our law firm, Bell & Pollock. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. Let's just analyze this a minute. Let's break this down. So they say, well, the, the tractor was owned by somebody in Grand Cayman. The, the trailer was owned by a company in Mexico. The driver is an independent contractor of our company XYZ. Therefore, we, the company XYZ, are not responsible for the driver. Therefore, there's no insurance uh, to cover anybody. So you're out, you're out of luck. Well, you're not out of luck. Because the old independent contractor argument that well, they don't work for us and the tractor was owned by somebody else and the trailer was owned by somebody else, the MCS 90 endorsement says that doesn't matter anymore. The insurance company has to uh, apply. If you ever want to watch a, a system of people pointing fingers at each other and other people and, and trying to take no responsibility for anything that's happened, uh, get into one of these trucking company crashes and watch what happens. The companies just don't want to take responsibility. We started the show explaining to you the insurance companies don't want to take the responsibility even when they've written the premiums or written the policy and, and collected the premiums. They don't want to take responsibility. They want to say that they don't have to pay. They don't mind pointing the finger at other people and saying, let them pay if you can get them to pay and if you can show a case against them, but you shouldn't even bother against us because we don't have a responsibility. We don't have liability. There's nothing that makes us have to pay. You know, one of the one of the most famous cases here was uh, was the American Trucking Association versus the United States, and uh, a bunch of legal gobbledygook. But I'll tell you, I'll break it down to you. It said under the Interstate Commerce Commission, the ICC rules and regulations, you had to have insurance, uh, and if you even if, if lease the vehicle, you're going to be responsible for the possession, custody, and control. I.e., you're going to be responsible for the crash. I.e., you're going to be responsible to comply with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and regulations. So when you talk about finding the insurance, you must first prove they're in interstate commerce. Uh, and there's whole, there's different approaches for intrastate inside the state of Colorado. Many times these companies say we don't go out across state lines. Therefore, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Rules and Regs don't apply to us. Therefore, our insurance doesn't apply. Have a nice day. Goodbye. Well, no, not goodbye. Hello. Hello. We're going to go prove this. So we talked earlier about spoilation of evidence. Now we're talking about insurance. Coverages and it's, in this instance, it is a little bit uh, tantamount to a to a car crash with no truck involved because you must go find the insurance. Uh, 
Brad, I don't think people understand that the basic, let's say the basic policy is $2 million, but the excess insurance policy or policies, plural, sometimes there's more than one policy. They don't want to pay. They don't want to be known. And many times they have their own set of attorneys. Well, you, you want to look it up a lot of times. And you can, you can start with basic, just basic common sense. Uh, and that it's important to do that. And the basic common sense comes with this. You you have a crash. You have some people significantly injured. You're representing them. You're trying to get money for them. Uh, they come out and they start offering peanuts, very little money. They say, look, we only have a million-dollar policy. You look the company up and you research them, and you find out they've got 100 trucks, 150 trucks, 200 trucks traveling throughout the United States, maybe even more than that. They've got a sophisticated operations. They've got all sorts of sub-entities that are t- trying to carry out the, 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 the business or that are carrying out the business. By the way, that's why you're, you're talking about what we do talk about with, re- with respect to MCS 90, so they can't avoid it by putting in a different companies and, and giving you shell companies and shell operations. That are that are not really the the company that's doing all that's collecting all the money from their customers, but you you see all that, and and the first thing you realize is look, they're offering peanuts, and we know darn good and well they have a lot more insurance than what they're saying. They have a lot more insurance because it's a simple process of they have too many trucks and too many vehicles and too many operations on the road to to only be living on on a million dollar policy. That's just not there. They've got layered policies, uh, a scheme that they're just not wanting to tell you about. And when they have their own set of attorneys for each excess policy, there might be an excess policy for $10 million. There might be another excess policy for $10 million. There might be a third excess policy for $12 million. Uh, they're going to fight amongst themselves as to who's primary. They're not going to tell you or volunteer, you, uh, volunteer to you all the information. you got to go get it. You can call us anytime at 303 795 5900 at 795-5900 or our website, championsofthepeople.com. A lot of times these companies, we're going to do a show coming up on nursing home uh, abuse and nursing home cases. But when you go after a nursing home, you will not believe the myriad and the cobweb of companies that exist holding companies own this one. They only own 50% of this one, 40% of this one. You don't have the right company. This company that operates this nursing home is not even responsible, etc. That's kind of the way it is in trucking cases and excess insurance policy cases. So you must go find the insurance. Brad, we do that in our law firm every day. We do. And it's something that you have to do. Sometimes it takes filing a lawsuit. So you have to be ready to file a lawsuit. If it takes that, it takes that to be able to learn and find out what's out there. Uh, And sometimes it takes uh, calling on certain statutes. Sometimes it it takes calling up the counsel and talking to them and telling them this is where they're headed if they don't help you, if they don't give you that information from defense counsel. But the bottom line is a lot of times you can't believe it. You just can't believe it anyway. No, no and you got to see it in black and white. And, you know, ask any attorney, do they, do they know what an MCS 90 endorsement is? If they give you a deer in the headlights look, you got the wrong place. You have to have attorneys who understand the Federal Motor Care Safety Rules and Regulations, all aspects thereof. Go find the insurance. Bell and Pollock. Go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. It's an information load of website. You can listen to this show there, all of our shows. We do shows on other radio stations. All of them are there. Our books are there. Six books. You can download them free, a free e-copy, uh, or you can call our law firm and we'll send you a hard copy of any of our books. And some of our books are very enlightening, especially the myths that we cover with regard to car crashes. Bell and Pollock, Champions of the People, and our website, championsofthepeople.com. We'll see you next week.